Welcome back to DevCast with me as usual, Doug Koenig. But today I have uh, two very special guests. Is from Switzerland, so not from the States. And they are part of the core development team for Visual Studio Code. So, of course, we will talk about Visual Studio Code today. So welcome, uh, Joan Moreno and Benjamin Pesara to my show. Hey, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Hey, uh, should, you, should you introduce yourselves first? And uh, the new guy, Joa, Joa, yeah, it was right, I think. Uh, <laughs> should you start? Benjamin, you have been on the show before, I think it was two years ago, talking about Monaco. And, uh, and this has something to do with Monaco also. So, Joa, who are you? Um, I, um, I joined with Benjamin um, four years ago, I guess, in this team in, in Switzerland where we started to work on the Monaco project. Um, which eventually led onto VS Code. Um, my main uh, areas within the product are the Git integration, um, operating system integration, like installation and update. Um, and lately, it's been uh, extensions related. So I manage installation, installing extensions, and all the gallery work around that. Great. Um, yeah, that's it. And you, Benjamin? Yeah. So for yes, Microsoft. Um, same as Joao, started with Monaco and then started VS Code. Uh, I'm mainly looking into uh, adopting Electron as a framework for us, which is like the foundation, uh, doing the workbench parts, layouts, uh, file and search interaction in the workbench, and yeah, left and right. Mainly also, which is a challenge, is to like see how VS Code behaves on Mac, Linux, and Windows, and try to find bugs and report back to Electron or Node when we find something. So, The first question, how big is your team? And is it only developed in Switzerland, or is it also developed in Redmond? So uh, it's, it's, the main developers are, are in Zurich. I think we are eight, mm -hmm. eight developers mm -hmm. here. Uh, and then in, in Redmond, uh, we do have project managers, uh, another developer or two. Actually, we just hired a new one. Um, and that's about it. So I would say like the core development happens here in, in Zurich. Mm -hmm. We're about 14, 15 people total. Sometimes uh, people outside Microsoft think that the, all the Microsoft team is very large, sitting in small cubicles, <laughs> 100 people just uh, hacking away on keyboards, but that's yeah. not the case. Not here, no. Not here, we are all in one big open space room, actually. Okay. No so, <laughs> so the history of Visual Studio Code, I think this is rather interesting because it's, uh, it was a, a, a surprise when Visual Studio Code uh, was released. I think it was a year ago when it was announced. At, was it at Build or? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so what's the history of Visual Studio Code? Should you, uh, you uh, talk about that? Absolutely. Um, as you know, we did the Monaco for um, a couple of years, I guess. Uh, and about a year and a half ago, we started talking about what what would it take to take that code base into a native application such that you could install and edit your files locally. Um, so what you get in Visual Studio Code basically is the same code base that we had in Monaco, um, just adopted within the Electron framework, which lets us run HTML um, inside a native um, shell. Um, that that was pretty much how it was uh, born. So back in November 2014, I guess we started working on it, and then we came out with it in in 
a year ago in in uh, build build conference. Yeah. How, how was it received? Uh, really, really good. Um, coming from Monaco, we had a very small user base, I would say. Also, it wasn't very. Um, um, it was a very niche product, and now with Visual Studio Code, we have something that you know even my my mother and father can easily use when they edit their, their text files at home, right? Um, so all of a sudden, we had a big audience, and the feedback was very very good at, at the beginning, and and still is. But you you have. Uh... Rather famous, uh, famous uh, competi compet competitions like Sublime and Atom and uh, uh, Brackets and so on. Why did we do an, another another editor? Well, <clears throat> I think uh, we we were obviously aware that what we are doing is 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 like ends up with lots of competition. For one, in the editor market, as you say, Sublime Atom. And the other is the IDE market, uh, which also is a strong competition. And I think that's why we we just did not copy what is out there with maybe Sublime and Atom, but we actually tried to to come up with something which is has the best parts of both worlds, editor and IDE. Uh, so we we think a lightweight editing experience is very important, the lightweight cross-platform editing experience. So we put the editor as the main control, so to say, for, for you as a developer. But then, for instance, we think debug is such a core developer thing. Uh, we say it's in the inner loop of development uh, as a developer that we think an editor without debugger is not really is not really powerful enough. So we chose to put uh, debug in. And then the same probably with the Git integration. So uh, we, we think that uh, yeah. um, some some level of git interaction is also very important as a, as a development workflow uh, and so we we made a choice of putting in a little bit more uh, over what maybe sublime and atom have uh, i mean i know they do have extensions and you might be able to add that after the fact but for us it's important to own these to own these things in our team and and, and define how it looks like and then of course i think what microsoft is strong for and visual studio is strong for is the IntelliSense and all the smartness about languages. So our goal is that every language that has developers out there gets the same high-level quality support that you can get from an IDE. Uh, so soon it will be Visual Studio again, the big Visual Studio with the integration all over the place, or? No, I don't think that will happen. So uh, I mean, with the with with the with opening us to extensions. We, we could have already risked going that way by allowing extensions to provide to change the UI. But instead, we say the UI we have today is, is, is simple enough. And it's not yet, it's not an IDE, it's still an editor. Uh, but we still give others the chance to, to extend it. And, and the extension happens on another layer, right? It happens on the layer where, where a language gets smart and, and useful for, for a developer. It doesn't happen on the UI. So I think you can do lots of powerful things without cluttering the UI like maybe an IDE does. I was, if I should be honest with you, I was a bit disappointed when I started writing extension because I really want to, to extend the user interface. So now I know why I can't do that. You don't want me to do that. So the history of our extension API is that in the beginning you couldn't do anything and we slowly opened our API to, to give you some hooks where UI is okay, like the status bar, for instance. 
uh, and we might give you more API in the future to, to, to do more. But I was more referring to changing the whole look so that it's like a dif different application that we don't want, right? Okay. So we are, we are just not allowing to give you access to the full DOM because we are scared what that means for extension writers. Before we started talking about the extension, I really want to talk about, we, we, we mentioned the, the big brother, the Visual Studio product. Uh, how should you compare these two things? Or, and do you think that if I have Visual Studio, the, the big brother, is, can, do I still have use of, uh, of Visual Studio code or is, uh, should I just use the, the big, big brother product? Um, don't forget that Visual Studio Code works across three different platforms. That is Mac, that is Linux, and that is Windows. And when you're working with Visual Studio, all you can do is Windows for now, right? Um, independently of that, if you're using a heavy C-sharp development, then we suggest, of course, Visual Studio is the, your tool of choice because you're going to get many more features in there. Um, but if you're a, a developer that works mainly with HTML, JavaScript, or even other languages like Go or Ruby or Python nowadays, um, we do provide the extensions and the capabilities to make that editing experience still lightweight but productive. So I'd say it's still, we call it a companion product. I'd say they, they go well side by side. Uh, I was a bit, a bit disappointed there also because I, I worked with a very large JSON file yesterday. And I thought the, the the formatting in Visual Studio Code for the for the JSON should be really really great, but it was better in Visual Studio. So there you have something to do. Well, actually, you can you can write an extension. And write the <laughs> it, that's the answer to everything. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. That. I I was just joking, but I was a bit uh, uh, surprised that it was a bit better a JSON editor inside Visual Studio. Anyway, for for that thing that I want to do. Yeah. yeah. But you will be there. You will work great. And the, next week we will have a new version of where the JSON <laughs> editor will shine. <laughs> we try. <laughs> so. What, what what can I do with Visual Studio Code? So for for the boys and girls that doesn't have uh, looked into it, Benjamin. So, so um, for those that, that that know editors like Sublime or Notepad on Windows, it is that. So you can edit files with it, obviously, in any way you want. Uh, Cross-platform, uh, you can you can install extensions in it. Uh, we have a marketplace where if some feature is missing, you can go there and install that. For your language, like Go is a good example where uh, we, we, we don't provide Go out of the box, but we have a very strong extension, including debugging, that, that, that you just install and, and then you have it. Uh, and then, um, as I said, on top of the editing experience, uh, which I think is very fast and lightweight, we have some capabilities on top already, like uh, a very good Git integration that Joao is, is, is responsible for, like a a way for you to, to see your changes as you work uh, and diff them to the to the previous state, I think is very powerful. Uh, the, the debugger, which I think has gotten really, really better over the past months. So we added lots of features there. I think it's really catching up. And I would even argue it's the best Node.js debugger that is out there uh, because debugging in, in Node has always been a bit of a pain. But I think the one we provide is, is really, really good. And, you should definitely try it out if you use Node. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and otherwise, yeah, we have 
a task framework that you can True. set up. Um, for example, if you have a gulp project or a, a grunt project, it can automatically detect what tasks you have in there and run them accordingly um, in the background um, and search capabilities. Yeah. And you even have, we even have debug extensions. So there is an extension where you can debug your Chrome application from within VS Code. Mm -hmm. So even if you do client-side development, uh, you open the page in Chrome, you can step through your code in code in VS Code uh, while Chrome is running. Okay. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's a very popular extension. Mm -hmm. uh, what you can also do in VS Code is you can actually write extensions. I mean, we have an extension uh, framework very easy integrated where you can launch your extension, you can debug it, you can run tests. Uh, we make it very easy for you to fire up a Hello World extension and use VS Code to, to edit it. And uh, yeah, we encourage everyone to write extensions if they have ideas. I really uh, work right now with uh, with Node.js development and I really is fond of Visual Studio Code and especially uh, I th should say the debugging experience. So I think also it's really, really great and it's helped me a lot to, to understand uh, Node.js uh, better. So I, 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 I understand and I think, I think the same about Visual Studio Code is really great. Uh, one thing that for me as an old developer, mainly Visual Studio developer, it's a bit hard to learn all the keyboard shortcuts. <laughs> but you, but you really need to. That's the new guy. It's just only the keyboard. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's I think is the biggest hurdle and also the biggest um, feature in the new kind of browser that you should use the keyboard. I, I my first browser was um, or editor was Vuey. So I, I come from that old. Uh, or old, what you say, the, the, the more easier editors. Mm -hmm. But uh, during the 10 years that I previously here, I've been working always with the mouse. So I think that's the, the biggest thing to, to, to start working with the keyboards again. Do you think so? Well, you can, you can actually write an extension that changes the key bindings to, yeah. to, to the way you want. I think there's one for Sublime. So you could do the Visual Studio key extension and then someone installs it, you get the key bindings. Yeah, but I need the mouse support. Yeah, I understand. I can use the mouse, of course. But the problem is I, I switch all the time between, between Mac and PC and it's uh, completely ruined my yeah. my keyboards now. I, I, I can't remember anything. That's another problem. <laughs> we, did, yeah. we did thought about this because when you come to a new tool, it's always hard to bring back all that muscle memory. Mm -hmm. um, and we provide the F1 key, so when you press it, you can see a bunch of commands you can run within Visual Studio Code, and next to them, the keyboard shortcuts that are assigned to them. So if you don't remember, you can always press F1 and type the action that you want to perform, and immediately you'll see which keyboard, which keyboard uh, binding would take you there quickly. The, the keyboard bindings, by the way, is it something that you yourself just... Um... Uh, think and and decide, or do you think? Uh, are you thinking about how is it in other uh, editors? How is it on other platforms and and so on? How, how do how do you come up with all the extend uh, with the keyboard shortcuts? I'd say eighty percent is easy, right? Eighty percent is just common sense that all the editors share, and then the the other shortcuts we just discuss in the team and and talk about what do we prefer more, and suddenly one of the solutions win. But I think the essential in any developer tool is to provide a way to customize all those shortcuts, right? And we provide that. So if your muscle memory says Control-Z, 
deletes a line instead of undo, you can do that in Visual Studio Code. Mm. Uh, we talked about different languages and so on, or, and platforms. Is it uh, any platforms that shine more on, on Visual Studio Code? Is it Node.js or? Because yeah, you uh, use Node.js. I think we, we, we say that Node.js or like JavaScript slash TypeScript development, whatever uh, uh, you, you prefer uh, in the combination with Node debugging is uh, what we here in Zurich are probably working on the most. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure to, if it's fair to say that, that I think ever since we have extensions, you cannot really uh, distinguish that level of support, for instance, for the Go language, where we have a very good extension that covers uh, all the features that we also have in TypeScript, including debugging. And then the same goes for C Sharp. Obviously, C Sharp is very important for Microsoft, and it's very important for us. And so we are uh, partnering there um, to, with the OmniSharp guys to actually get uh, very good C-sharp support through an extension. Uh, and we are also working on debugging with C-sharp. And so I think what we try to be is the, the general tool that you can, you can write any language for it or any extension, and you get the same APIs to do, to, to, to do this great experience, right, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and I think with that we have success. There's uh, other languages coming like Python. Uh, and so our goal is really to provide the base, the foundation for any language to hook in. And then we use Node.js and JavaScript TypeScript as our validation, I guess, to, to see if things are good. Because we are actually using TypeScript to develop VS Code. Uh, so VS Code is being written using VS Code, which, which helps a lot to find issues. Uh, and we are also working very closely with the TypeScript team to always adopt their latest and greatest uh, and then give feedback there. Uh, as we already heard, I think every answer ends with write your own extensions. So should we talk about extensions now? <laughs> <laughs> sure. What can you do with extensions? Well, uh, so we have, a, we, we have a set of APIs that, that, that we define. Uh, and by the way, I didn't talk about our website, so codevisualstudio.com is really uh, the, the entry point for our documentation where we try to guide you through all the things you can do and give you help how to set things up. Uh, and th this API, as I said before, uh, has minimal uh, UI capabilities, but still powerful enough that we have some interesting UIs. Mm -hmm. uh, so for instance, there's a Yeoman generator that uh, where obviously you have some kind of user interaction uh, that is very powerful and functional uh, and I think works nicely. Uh, we have uh, um, extensions that hook into our status bar and show you all kind of environmental information. And then of course, uh, everything editor related is exposed to extensions. Like I think that's the core uh, foundation of our APIs is that you can add decorations, you can modify text, uh, you can use Node in your extension, so you have pretty much the full power of, of Node.js plus NPM mm -hmm. for your extension at your hands. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so. I have played around with, uh, with um, the feature preview HTML. Mm -hmm. So I can but, open a new, uh, if I should say, a browser inside Visual Studio Code and write my own user interface. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you like we, about that? <laughs> We, we, that's our latest edition, so I think the motivation was 
uh, to, to give someone the ability to build something like the Markdown preview uh, or like anything that translates to HTML. Or like there are people that use the preview to visualize something using D3 library, uh, some information about your project, but it's unlimited. You can obviously also build some UI in there. And we, we put this out to, to explore what people do with it. We might tweak it later, uh, but we are definitely not taking it out. So it is meant as a thing where you can actually um, add your own part to the, to the UI. And it's an interesting experiment. I was thinking about you uh, because you can you can write your own application inside the browser, an express uh, application or something like that. I see. Uh, I know that we have a Twitter extension that do that in the gallery. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking of doing some something for for example, uh, uh, see uh, some some information in the ta Azure table storage because I I don't have any good viewer on my Mac for for that. Yeah, but uh, I think that's not the part of the editor. So it's 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 a <laughs> we cannot prevent you from doing that, and uh, I would I would hope that at some <laughs> there is a good Azure Storage Explorer that works on Mac as well. <laughs> it all I think it it all depends on the user preference. Like um, most of us here in the team, we prefer a lightweight tool with minimum interaction with other features that you do or with other tests that you have in your development process, like Git or 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 for example, a storage emulator. Um, so personally, I have a feeling each tool should do its job and should do it well, instead of having integration of all, all sorts of things inside your editor, right? Yes. But it's it's definitely up to the user's preference. And if someone feels that that is important enough, we provide a framework to build an extension to do that. Uh can you um, highlight some uh, great extensions that you feel is this is rather great and, and show the capabilities what you can do? Uh, I'd say the Go extension is by far um, a very, a very, very good example of how far a language support can go within code. Um, and then personally, I like the Spotify extension showing me the current track I'm listening to in the status bar. Um, okay. There's another very good extension which is helpful if you are editing a, a clone of a Git repository, a GitHub repository, which will let you open the current file you're looking at in the current line that you have selected or that your cursor is. It opens that up in the GitHub repository. Like it gives you a command to do just that, which is very handy if I need to show, you know, Ben. Uh, a line of code that I'm seeing right now, I send them the link to the GitHub, and that extension gives me just that. Yeah, I think the Yeoman generator is cool. I like that because it's very interactive. You start it, you see a drop down with the generators you can use, and the generators they ask you questions like where do you want to install things? Yes, no questions. So that is very cool. Uh, I think there's another extension which goes more into editor. It's a, it's a it's a, an extension that shows you uh, code coverage. Uh, and then um, while you're editing your code, uh, you can actually see nicely decorated um, if, if the method is covered or not. Um, so that's the JS extension, um, which uh, I think in, in terms of UI integration is cool because uh, they work with the um, decorations in the editor. They use the status bar. Um, yeah, it's it's a lightweight integration, but powerful, and that's what we try to do. Uh, 
uh, as I said, I, I tried to, to do some uh, tools that work on, on Mac. So I have seen that you use electrons. So I really want to talk about electron and a bit about your architecture. We're really interested to know more about how Visual Studio Code is done under the cover. And now I have the guys that can tell me that. So this would be great. So first, electron, what, what, what's that? And I, I understand that this is a very big and, and important part of Visual Studio Code. Well, Electron, I would say, became popular at the time when, when we had to make a decision how to build, uh, what kind of framework to use as a foundation. Uh, so we were, I would say, uh, very lucky that, that we found this project at that time. And it is the, uh, it used to be called Atom Shell, and, and it used to be the, or it is actually also the framework for the Atom Editor from GitHub. And then at some point, um, they found out that Atom Shell is being used, or there's lots of interest from other pro, um, from other projects to to have a cross-platform framework, and so they renamed that to Electron. And I think today it is one of the most famous cross-platform frameworks uh, that is not just used for editors. There are many other examples where where Electron is actually using it. So so Slack, for example, is one. I know there is a Git uh, UI built with it, and I think anyone who can, who who has the development skills to do web development, feels very familiar with uh, using Electron because it it gives you um, two great frameworks that sits on top, which is Chromium, uh, so it's a rendering engine, uh, and all the APIs that you have in in websites, plus Node, which is all the APIs you need to really access file system. Uh, and the OS, and then what they add on top is very nice JavaScript APIs for the UI integration and, and other services that the uh, that the OS provides. So I can build real native UI in my application using JavaScript, including um, menus and including uh, I think uh, extensions to Visual Studio 10 and so on. What for live tiles or is it? Uh, some kind of integration even with, with the operating systems, uh, the, the special things in, which is, uh, in Windows 10 and so on. Am I'm, I right? I'm, I didn't hear about that, but I think uh, it, it, since it's all native, you can do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are Windows 10 only APIs. What I like about Electron is they are not so shy in adding capabilities that are not supported on all platforms just to make the full platform support, support available. So they, whenever there's something available on a platform, like in Windows 10, I know there's some notification API. Yeah. It was it was added, although it doesn't support. It's not supported in the same way on Linux, but at least you can do it. Yeah, so and what that I meant. So. It's it's very complete in terms of of of, uh, of APIs. And I think yeah, at the end of the day, it's also it's also a combination with Node.js, which is a you know a platform in which people already know and it's widespread how to do um, native extensions for Node. So you can write uh, some C++ code and compile that into a Node library and use it and you can do that as well in Electron. So even if you have some special functionality you want to interact with some Windows API and the uh, Electron guys don't want to put that into the product, we can still do that. And, and how do you package the product so that, so that will it be easy to download, easy to update, easy to 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 develop uh, to deploy to the, to different platforms? 
Mm-hmm. We still um, we still treat our code base since it's mostly TypeScript that ends up getting compiled to JavaScript. We still treat that as a web application, meaning um, we bundle our code accordingly. We minify it just to reduce the size of all of that. Um, once you get that together with all your images, resources, assets, you put that in a folder um, and you wrap that around with all the Electron bits, right? Um, and Electron basically then becomes an executable. You double-click it, and you get Visual Studio Code. Mm-hmm. So you don't have all your code in a zip file or something like that? Um, it gets extracted when you install it. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you go to your installation path of Visual Studio Code, you'll get to see the code, although it is minified. Um, but one thing that is interesting is we recently enabled source map support. So if you are within Visual Studio Code, and you open up the developer tools and you want to debug Visual Studio Code itself, you can actually see the full source code. Although it's minified in your disk, um, we have these source maps that come on from the internet, and then you you can actually step through and debug Visual Studio Code itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, Visual Studio Code is open source, so I can, of course, download the, the full source code without mm-hmm. manifesting. How, 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 how have... have that been to, to open source a product and get the contributions and so on? <laughs> it's been, you, you first you ask how was, the, how was the feedback a year ago and I call that first wave because in November we announced it was open source, was that in November? Yeah, and that was wave two and to me it felt like a bigger wave. We attracted more attention with that than, than the official announcement I felt. Um, And it's been absolutely wonderful to create a community around this product that is more, uh, that is interacting more with you and that is willing to put some effort into not only creating issues and commenting and providing their opinion about them, but also contributing back. Um, It's been really a nice adventure seeing all these code contributions from our users. Um, And even our most recent hire, um, Daniel, he's uh, now a developer working in Redmond for us. He was active in the community. We we picked that up and we ended up getting him into the team. How many people are contributing for outside Microsoft, approximately? We get, I would say, a pull request a day. I mean, there there there, there can be times where we get three or four, uh, and then contributions also happen through bug reports. So there are people really willing to test our things and give us steps and environments and and help us out. So it's not just a source code contributions, it's really also participating in testing and giving early feedback. And uh, we, we have an insider's channel, so someone can go on, a, on, a, on our insta- insider build and get features earlier and provide us feedback. In fact, that's one of our uh, um, um, ways of gathering feedback on changes that we do before we go live with them. And, and that's, that's really helpful as well. So I think you have all answered my next question. How could I help if I want to help you guys? Well, if you if you're interested in writing an extension or just want to see how that how that works out, just uh, go go on our website and then start that. Um, there, there's uh, for sure something that is not yet out there, and you can contribute. Uh, have your own little extension being installed, and then. If you are like a, a developer that wants to understand how to how VS Code is built, we have documentation how to check out the source code and from there really run VS Code out of there and make your changes. And uh, we we are happy with pull requests. Uh, we have some 
issues marked with help wanted. So that's a label on, on our issue tracker where you can jump on and provide us uh, with a pull request if you want to. So. Nice. I have done two small contributions. Uh, that's some bug in the documentation. So it was, of course, really fast to do that. And yeah. I think I think the documentation uh, that uh, we can have more samples and so on would be really great. Yeah, the documentation, I forgot to say, is actually also open source in another repository. And we started actually with open sourcing our documentation first. And the idea is really that you can pull, provide pull requests for the documentation, and we are also very happy with that. Mm. And, uh, I, so. and I did that, so it was really yeah. easy. So. Uh, okay, the last question to sum it up to see the future of Visual Studio Code. What, 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 what do you see in the future? Now it's open source, so you don't have any secrets, do you? <laughs> yeah, we are trying to, to do also our planning in the public, so we are... We typically have our month's plan out there for everyone to, to review and give feedback. Uh, I think what will happen is that we, we ship our uh, GA version at the build conference end of this month. Uh, that's the one one zero release. Uh, and then what we currently start already is like our next six months plan. And I'm expecting Eric to put that roadmap up on, on our wiki. Uh, and so that people also see not just month by month what's happening, but really what's the what's the bigger picture for the next uh, next six months. And I think one of our goals is to reduce more adoption blockers that we have. So uh, um, we want to try to to understand from our users what are the features that are missed so much that it really prevents someone from using Visual Studio Code. And one example would be the the Vim guys that are uh, that really want their Vim key bindings to work in Visual Studio. Uh, so we try to reduce these adoption blockers and maybe make it possible for an extension to provide a 100% Vim mode and whatever it needs in the API uh, to make this happen, we provide. So I'm sure we will find more of these things to, to get more users on VS Code. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Benjamin and Joao, that you took the time in the end of a week uh, this weekend uh, starts uh, starts now so thank you very much guys and i hope to see you in the future yeah, yeah. you too Doug. Thanks. take care bye bye